All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Justin Hodson and Allison Peacock for the Hod Pod. That's right, <laughs> the Hod Pod. Um, thank you so much for um, listening or and or watching us on uh, all the platforms that we're promoting this on. I, I do appreciate um, uh, you guys, and hopefully, hopefully, you guys are learning something because that's what the key is here, right? Is to to not only educate um, attorneys. Uh, claims adjusters and fellow investigators, really have them understand um, these important parts of, of investigation. So today we're gonna talk about witness investigations. Yeah, and so how witness investigations are extremely important and need to be handled um, with sensitivity, right? Um, so what are, what are some of the things, of course, Witness investigations are going to create a clear picture of what happened, right? If it's either an auto accident or a fire or slip and fall, slip and fall that witness um, is going to hopefully uh, create a clear picture of what happened or what they think happened and provide you, either adjuster or attorney, with um, good, solid information so that you can make decisions um, moving forward, either for settlement or for trial or whatever it may be. But what are some of the things that we need to be aware of as investigators uh, in witness investigations? Well, I think the first thing we have to think about is that, think about how many people don't want to be a witness. Sure. Right? Um, and I think about they have no, a witness has no expectation or no duty to cooperate, right? right? Maybe in the future, if you subpoena them and you can, you know, go through all those things that this person's super uncooperative and you have to go through motions to compel and all these things, we don't want it to get to that point. Right. We want to be this person's friend in a sense of we got to tell them what's going on. I think you for have me, to build rapport. Exactly. I, I think I've done, gosh, I mean, I would say got to be over 200 now. I would think witness statements or dealing with witnesses. And I've had a very large number of people who are upset. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time I would say they're the most upset because they don't know what's going on. Right. And they've been contacted by 12 different people. Sure. They've talked to the police. They've talked to the, they can't remember what insurance company. They've talked to another insurance company. They've talked to a lawyer. They've talked to a bunch of different people. They're frustrated. They're frustrated. Their phone is constantly going off. Now they just think we're spam. So by the time sometimes it gets to us as investigators, they've already given two statements and they don't want to give another one. Right. So um, I would say my advice uh, with witness statements, if if this person is critical and this is going to be a case that is that maybe um, you need to, to give to an investigator to, to take the recorded statement or whether it's a preliminary statement, um, re remember, no surprises. We want to know what these what these people remember. Um, is let the investigator deal with it from start to finish because then they know they're dealing with Allison. Um, I know who Allison is. She calls me. She tells me what's going on. She's nice. Um, she's nice. <laughs> you know, nice to me. Um, and sometimes, especially when we have to go to someone's house, right? So sometimes witnesses aren't going to call you back because. You know, people don't listen to their voicemails. They don't read their text messages. Um, depends, you know, what their life is like. They could have a crazy life. Um, we just don't know. Sure. So if we do end up having to cold call, go to a house, we want to treat them with the most respect. And we want to let them know that, hey, we're here to make this as easy as possible. We really just need to know what you remember. Right. Um, but with that, I mean, there's a couple other things that we have to remember with 
witness statements? What would you say what one of your big one is? Sure. Well, so, I mean, t- of course, building rapport is important. And um, understanding the, the witness as a fellow human being, right? Being nice and, and being kind and being respectful. Um, in my 20 years of investigations, that's not always the case. Sometimes these investigators are hard-handed. They speak like robots. They're not personable. And you are just not going to get anywhere with witnesses if you're like that. Um, so one of the, you know, building rapport, of course, is important, but also informed consent. So um, letting them know, one, who you work for. Who are you? Who is Allison? Who are they working for? What is the objective? The objective is just to collect the facts. What did you see? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's on um, if it's on the telephone or um, or anything like that, um, you need to let them know. If you decide that you're going to record this, you need to get their permission. California is a two-party state, and so anytime that you record audio, you need to make sure that that other party, um, that both parties have consented to that recording. Um, and that also includes an in-person, um, you, just because you brought out a recorder doesn't necessarily mean that that person consented to that. And so you need to have on record that they consented to that, uh, recording, but, um, you know, be honest with them, let them know, um, who you are, who you're working for, let them know that you would like to record it. And not all witnesses, um, are going to, um, They'll, they might tell you the story, but they may not want to be recorded, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You're still going to collect that witness statement. It's just not going to be um, uh, recorded. So letting them know who you work for, letting them know the purpose of it, that, the you know, honestly, the purpose is just to collect facts and of, of what they um, what they saw. So um, having, having that in place and being up front, I think, is vital. Exactly. That's that's a key word for me as always. I want to be as transparent as possible with this person because I want I call well, I call it witness wrangling, right? Because eventually, let's say this is the beginning of a claim and eventually two years from now, this is now going to trial and we need this witness to cooperate. Now we are calling them two years later. Hey, remember me? Um, I think the, the most helpful thing you can do at the initial point is once you've completed that statement, say, hey, I just want to let you know what, what the next steps could be. Um, doesn't mean this will happen. Just, this is just a could-be statement of in the future, you could be needed for a deposition. Um, you could be needed for a trial. It is possible. Um, I just want to let you know so that if you are contacted again, you're not surprised. Yeah. And if I need to contact you again, what what's the best way for you? Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Is it a text message? What do you? Is it a letter? What do you prefer? And some people, I think they really respond to that because they feel like you care about their time. Right. And it's true. Um, you know, you are giving up your time to provide your statement, whether it's helpful for one party or, um, you know, not helpful for another, but you're telling what you saw. So I think that's definitely really, really important. And then I would say the second thing that is really great about speaking to these people, either on the phone or in person, depending on the situation, is you can get a really good sense of who they are. And that's important for credibility. Are they going to be a good witness? Exactly. So you can tell, um, you know, your your client, hey, I spoke to so-and-so. They had a really hard time remembering everything and they really were suggestible. And, you know, that's a really important thing, too, is you do not want to ask. Be impartial. 
Exactly. Um, what I always start with, what did you see? Right. I, I just let them talk. And then if you need to clear up just like, hey, you know, maybe the police report said this thing or maybe you want to clarify thing. That's fine. But you're not going to say, well, are you sure it wasn't red? Right. Are you sure the car? Yeah. Unbiased you know, and yes. objective. Yes, exactly. Key. But that's another key thing for um, credibility because maybe someone really doesn't remember how clearly they saw the accident, but they're just saying because they want to you know, get this over with or whatever the situation is. I always tell people, if you don't remember, it's okay to say you don't Absolutely. remember. Um, so anyway, that, that's just, those are some major things that I think about um, when thinking about witnesses is like you said, it's just treating them like you would want to be treated. Um, because I mean, I've been a witness to a car accident and I, my name, you know, I was contacted and I, I my, my experience was fine, but not everyone has that experience. Sure. I have spoken to several witnesses that are like, very upset and very angry um, because they have been called many, many times. Um, and yeah, so you have to be able to just kind of break that down and say, okay, well, let's start over right. and let's build some rapport. And, you know, so let's get into that a little bit because I think that adjusters, investigators, um, and attorneys need to understand the differences people's differences. Now we could, we could talk about demographics, culture, um, language barriers. And so not all investigators are the one size fits all investigator for that witness. Mm -hmm. You know, the good thing about Hudson PI is that we have a full range of investigators from all kinds of different backgrounds that can, um, can relate to people of uh, different cultures or different backgrounds, um, different languages. Um, so it's important that you have the right investigator to speak to that witness because not all investigators are going to be able to be a one-size-fit-all. So I think that that's important. I think the other thing that's important is um, investigators need to be uh, impartial and they need to be, um, they just, they, they need to understand that we are just collecting their statement and we're not trying to correct them or anything. Um, and then also the information that the client provides you as an investigator. So if, if I'm provided certain information, I'm not going to share that with the witness because that may change their behavior. That may change their statement. Um, it should be strict what they remember. And again, like you said, if they don't remember, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Allison, what's some, um, what's a witness story that we can share with the audience? There's so many. There's so many. I mean, honestly, I think our company has probably, that we probably have a, about 2000 cases that are strictly witness investigations where we had to go and locate them. You know, that's a key is trying to find out where they're at. Mm -hmm. um, and um, because people move around often. We got to find these witnesses in jail. I was just gonna. That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. I have. I was like, I have two little short. They're short. Stories, and just because but... they're in jail doesn't mean they're a bad witness. No, you know, absolutely who knows? not. Unrelatable. Uh, you know, and things happen. People's lives. You you never know. But um, just because they're in jail doesn't mean you shouldn't no. go get a witness. You know, th this isn't the story I was gonna share. But now that you say that, you know, the one of the people I interviewed in in custody. Uh, you know, remember he had the tattoo that said "Tell No Lies." <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, but, there you go. You know, nice guy. Anyway. Um, Accurate so, statement was given. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, but you're right. So I have two little short stories. I mean, one was, again, there are a lot of people. I, I have interviewed several people who are in custody, either um, usually they're witnesses for they're in for something else. <laughs> um, and just because they're in custody, you're right, doesn't mean that what they say doesn't have any credibility. Um, we don't know their circumstances, but um, luckily as licensed PIs, um, depending on the jail, uh, we usually do have access to be able to uh, interview someone uh, while they're in custody. So again, every jail is different, but uh, I have done several and, and one of them was a witness we were looking for for months and months and months. Come to find out, you know, we we monitor. So one day it dinged up that he was in custody and we were able to run over there before because we just never know if they're going to get released or what the situation is. Um, the, the guy had just fallen on some hard times and we were able to keep in contact with him because we went and spoke to him and, you know, uh, basically he provided his mother's phone number as a contact. So she was able to um, get other messages to him once he was released and once we needed him months and months later. So that was a success story, I think. Um, but another one I can just think of is, um, you know, I, I would say I handle a lot of the um, fatal car accidents, the ones who uh, tend to be a, a major injury or fatal accident traumatic. traumatic for people and i think that's extremely important to to think about when you be sensitive speak, be very sensitive so um i remember speaking this is a witness i remember because she she was actually actually thanked me i was like thank you this is like the first time i ever talked about this because she gave a statement to the police and she had not spoken to anyone else after this it was an accident that was on her property Mm. and um, ended up somebody passing away and come to find out I know she had supplied this to the police so that's all but during a police investigation you know obviously a lot of things are off limits um, so after I was able to speak to her and um, get her to open up um, took a while but she ended up you know giving us the statement it was very uh, she was very credible she was very close in proximity to where this person had, had perished. Um, and then she even had photos, not of the person, but she had photos of just kind of the scene. Mm -hmm. um, she was, uh, she did take pictures before the police arrived. So we were able to get those pictures oh, too, wow. um, which was a, was extremely important because the, it had just happened. The police were still investigating, so we can't get anything from them. So to have those photos and to have her statement, crucial. 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 Um, she was even able to draw a diagram to you know where everything was situated um so wow. i think that was a great success story of just being very sensitive especially when it's something as traumatic as that because if you pull up on something you're not expecting to see that type of um you know th those yeah, types and you're of things. asking them to recall that difficult it's, time Man, yes it's, hard. it's tough so just you know always have to take that into consideration um know know your incident you know that's another big one sure. because um people recall wrong sometimes. They might think it's a wrong street, but you also don't want to be like, well, that's wrong. Um, you have to just give them a minute and make sure that they remember a as they can. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Well, so I think that that, I think that that wraps it up. And I think that um, we've provided some good information. And um, if anybody needs help with their witness investigations, they can uh, contact us. Our website is hodsonpi.com. And this has been Justin Hodson. And Allison Peacock for the Hod Pod. The Hod Pod. <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, next uh, show, show number four.